I just love... Oh, God. I can't do this. Ac this accent doesn't make any sense to anyone besides you and me. <laughs> and it's... It's not really that good of a bit outside of a very specific context. But I just love the shape of things. When things have a, sh a sexy shape that I can stick my nose all the way in. Mm. And really just just sniff real deep and and say lewd things about the shape and smell of things cuz i'm cuz i'm a certain actor and i'm addicted to certain things and mm -hmm. i i don't i don't want to say anything legally legally actionable about me about myself because that would be libel but i'm really really horny for certain types of glasses and making sure that you only put certain types of wine in those glasses and that only certain types of wait hold on certain shapes of people drink out of those glasses because i that gets me horny i'm 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 perpetually horny mm -hmm. uh, and i'm also on a lot of game shows but yeah more importantly yep. than that i'm always drinking out of certain types of glasses, depending on what I'm drinking. And those glasses are designed so that I can sniff <laughs> real loud and real sexily. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's just the curve of uh, a person that just gets me hard. And also the curve of a glass and what it's made out of. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's just like four different glasses that are like laid on their side like slight slightly inclined so the wine doesn't pour out and like michael mm. douglas on all fours just like crawl, <laughs> crawls over to the glasses and just smelling like yep. one from each one yep she's like <sighs> and then whenever he you know he's like blind tasting you know and uh he has to like, correctly identify like which one is the Dolcetto out of the Piedmont Reds there. And whenever he finds the right one, he just exclaims, baby wants to fuck. <laughs> well, that's not, that's not him. That's um, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> that's Dennis Hopper? Yeah, man. I, for some reason in my head... Oh, that definitely is. They're that's, like, the, although that is much funnier. Like, that is they, so to, funny. For some reason in my brain, they are the same person in that movie. Yeah, which no, yeah, that sir, works yeah, so well. Yeah, no, that's so good though. Just, <laughs> mm. you like beer? Yeah, I like Heineken. Heineken? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Dude, that movie's so good. You gotta fucking watch that shit. That movie's so goddamn good. But folks, um... it would absolutely. The only way that that movie could possibly have been improved. <laughs> Is if not what? if Michael Douglas had played the Dennis Hopper character, but if they had exchanged <laughs> scenes with zero explanation. Yeah. Yeah. If they were both yeah. in the movie playing the same yeah, yeah. character. Dennis Hopper played ninety nine percent of the film <laughs> except for the part where he says baby wants to fuck. Baby wants to fuck, yeah. Yeah. It's just oh god. I don't love the whole deep fake like scanning someone's face onto No, an no, actor, no, it has like, to be the real Michael Douglas. But I would I would excuse it in that instance if you took like primo era like uh, what basic instinct is mm -hmm. that is that that's Michael Douglas right I think so now I gotta look yeah. this up yeah you take his, you take basic instinct Michael Douglas and map his face onto Dennis Hopper in that scene I would if if anyone who listens to this show has the ability to do that and wants to do that 
uh, we will put it on our Instagram reels. We will put that out there to the world just so that... That would be absolutely incredible. (laughs) Basic instinct Michael Douglas on Blue Velvet, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 100%. That's it. That's a winning combo in my book. Um, How how much... do Do we think... Do you and I... Uh, in real time, we're going to decide this. We haven't quite done this before with an episode, but uh, we're going to discuss whether or not it's worth doing an episode about the shape of a glass and which wine you should drink out of it. Do how yeah. how much? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. we could just generally about like yeah, just stemware. Yeah, I've, I mean, I don't think we've really ever talked about that, but I think that's a I, we have that's a not. question I get a lot from yeah? from people. Uh, well, you yeah. you are the person to ask because <laughs> you got the biggest glasses I've ever seen, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, typically what most people know as a wine glass, when you get like a regular wine-ass shaped wine glass. Wine-ass shaped wine glass. Is the... Whatever happened Bordeaux? to a classic wine get- glass? The yeah. kind Gary Cooper would drink out of. Yeah, the strong, silent type. If in order to take like a whatever standard wine glass you might have in your your um your your cabinet or whatever, in order to make that like a very serious person wine glass, mm-hmm. you make it um you make it uh, half as thick. So make it so cut that thinness. Yeah, I was gonna say half as thin, but that kind of like half as twice thick, as half thin, half as, thin. half as thick. Twice as thin, half as thick. Yeah, That's how I describe um, uh, certain parts of my anatomy. Yes. You probably double the size of it at least. Yeah. Um, height and also just the size of the the actual vessel, you know. Mm-hmm. The and uh, yeah. And then um Ooh. Yeah, that, I, I mean that's probably it. You just make it like larger and more delicate, sort of. You also mm-hmm. want to be able to put your put your face in it, kind of. Yeah, um, there there is another dynamic of so a general rule of uh just pouring wine into a wine glass, uh is you want to, and this does not work with all sizes, but a trend in wine glasses right now is to towards this idea essentially, which is, in theory, you want to pour the wine to the widest part of the glass so that you have the maximum surface area for aromatics to lift off mm. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a great idea with generally Bordeaux-shaped glasses, which are kind of an even curve up, yeah, and then. Yeah. Uh, Oregon Pinot glasses have a pretty spherical shape to them. So pouring to mm-hmm. the widest part of that, you're pouring a third of a glass of wine in there, maybe. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I, I saw what I what I thought you meant was like when you're pouring the gla- the wine into the oh, glass, right, what right, right, spot right. you should yeah. pour it into, rather than like how much yeah. you should fill it up. Yeah. Um, gotcha. What spot you should pour it into kind of depends on how much you want to aerate the wine. Like if you, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a thing that like. Um, it's like the bartender trick of beer is like pouring out of a, if you're not p- pulling off of draft, you want to pour the beer more aggressively because people tend to pour beers kind of like slowly down the side of the glass to not create a huge amount of head, uh, and foam. But if you pour the beer more aggressively, the foam will settle down, but that also means that the gases themselves, uh, escape. So they don't wind mm-hmm. up in your stomach and bloat you. Um, different logic with wine being you if you want to aerate the wine pretty thoroughly you might even have like a stopper with some extra spouts in it or something um to create more air surface area as you're pouring it but um generally speaking i just kind of tend to pour into the side of the glass uh Mm -hmm. you know 
But no, I was talking about the fill height on the glass. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That depends a lot on the different like you know because the different styles of it like um so i guess yeah basically yeah the the idea of the generally like a bordeaux glass is sort of like a narrower and like taller one Mm -hmm. versus a burgundy is a sort of like shorter and wider at the base of the glass actually follows the logic of burgundy versus bordeaux barrels uh funnily enough hadn't occurred Hmm. to me before but um yeah. yeah yeah that's a good point um and I think so, uh, so there's that general shape. And then for, you know, Riedel obviously has made a, you know, they're in business to sell wine glasses, you know, and uh, the more and more and more fucking wine glasses they can make. Like, no, if you're going to drink Viognier, you only drink it out of this. Yeah. And if you're going to drink, you know, this fucking thing, you can only have, this is the Pinot Gris glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Turns out the Viognier glass is actually just a, it's just a trash can. Yeah, it um, is. Yep, there you go. That's where you should. Pour I was that waiting one. for that, or like like a urine sample cup <laughs> yeah, or something. Just a know. urinal. For... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. just a urinal. Yeah, yeah. You just, uh, <laughs> yep. You just go <laughs> like an extensive, a thorough mm-hmm. like Rhone tasting. Yeah, and you're like, oh no, I'm bringing my own. Uh, or you, no, you just you got you don't you don't show up with any glasses. You're like, well, I figured you'd have glasses for the Reds. Uh, yeah. So I just I figured I'd bring mine. Uh, yeah. Quick, uh, quick side note. The quickest way to seem like a real jackass at a uh, dinner is to bring your own wine glasses. Yes. Um, yes. Even if you're showing up to a place where you figure you're going to get poured wine in a solo cup, it's on you mm-hmm. to know not to take uh, nice wine to that event. Um, yeah. Otherwise, just be polite about the glasses people have, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's wild. I don't think I've ever seen people... Like, the only time I think I would, like, maybe, like could see somebody doing that as if they're taking their like master psalm test and they have like the superstitious like these are my wine glasses that i want these things to yeah or whatever yeah. you know what i mean like i could see that maybe but yeah if you're going over to somebody's fucking house for dinner don't bring your own fucking wine unless it's like hey could you bring wine glasses because i don't have enough or something you know yeah like, fucking, oh absolutely then yeah yeah like i did with yeah. the drc dinner and then he was uh pissed off that i brought the not really big ones <laughs> so uh hey i was pissed off about that yeah no i i think well i think i didn't i didn't want him pouring like serving drc in those fucking gigantic glasses um which is funny because i think we ended up drinking drc out of those and we're like you know these are like the perfect glasses for this <laughs> i thought we i thought we had that in uh in the big oh no those are the bordeaux ones. ones right uh no yeah, one big... of them one was and one was the other i think that was one how was... we were trying to keep them straight like which gotcha, one was which gotcha. yeah um but uh Damn, dude those wines were fucking very good they were really good <laughs> I mean, <we're... laughs> they were really goddamn good turns out yeah 50 yeah, year old drc is like not bad you know it's not bad god damn it <laughs> things, and it's like you, even if those wines you... were fake i don't even oh, give yeah. a shit because whatever was in that well, bottle they were, was very yeah fucking they good. were faked by an, the kind of idiot who's like you know putting it's like the idea of a uh painter forging a painting but spending more time on the painting than the original artist and yeah, doing a yeah. better job <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like yep. fair play to him <laughs> yeah whatever winemaker faked those wines did a great fucking job yeah <laughs> yeah turns out so... we're just complete lunatics and it, was, it had been forged like three years before and it was just franzia <laughs> that'd be good yeah franzia or uh la crema or something yeah um but yeah so fucking yeah, those are the so, you know, like there's like 
I guess kind of um yeah yeah there's like white wine glasses that are just smaller. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of people will typically yeah. say red wine glass, white wine glass, red wine glass are just bigger. Um, I think it obviously depends on the white wine. I have like basically I think they're the Riedel like um it might just be like the Riedel white wine glass. I don't know, but yeah. it's um it's a great glass. Yeah. It's a great glass. Yeah, I love like Sauterne and like Riesling and um, really kind of any white wines. If I'm gonna have like Chard or something like that, I want a bigger glass. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I tend I think... to think the the Riedel white wine glass is actually kind of the ideal thing to drink champagne out of. Um, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Not per- not personally a huge fan of flutes. Um, no, me neither. They're fun. They're mm-hmm. uh, easier to transport. <laughs> In some ways, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they look very elegant, but they're not. There is a lot of depth to sparkling wine that you will mm-hmm. lose in a flute. Yeah, um, and I think that part of that's kind of just the reaction against the fact that they used to be served in coupes, um, the very low, <laughs> yeah. you know, cocktail glass, and that's yeah, also yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very fun that champagne. Like if you watch movies from like the '60s or even maybe the 70s, like champagne's always being served in these big, wide, low glasses. And then it just 180 degrees into flutes, just like... But then now it's like a very, you know, people are like, no, no, you need to have them in like regular wine glasses, which I would like, you know, typically agree with. Um, But sometimes people like will pour them in like very large wine glasses. Yeah. Like you're, it's basically a coupe just with like, like taller sides. Like yeah. it's it's losing its effervescence. Like it's kind of the overreaction to like, oh no, well flutes are so bad. Like I need to, you know, like I need to be much more serious about this. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I do prefer um, like champagne out of the white wine, out of the Riedel white wine glasses for sure. Um, you can actually yeah. like something that lets you get like your face in it still. Um, yeah. Flutes are like pretty obviously, but it's like, that's like if you're going to be at like a cocktail party or something, which I'm often at. I often find myself oh. at cocktail parties yes. remarking, no, we, uh... thank God for these flutes. They yeah. make me feel so fancy. And there are certain styles of champagne that I don't think it, like, particularly damages the wine to be served out of a flute. Like, as much as I like uh, Veuve Clicquot, for example. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. you can pour that in a flute, and the purpose in that whole uh, gesture, I suppose, yeah, yeah. is, um, like, you're not really diminishing the wine hugely. Totally. But... Uh, mm-hmm. You get into more interesting, not that, like, again, I like Veuve Clicquot quite a bit, but it is not a champagne that I turn to for, like, huge um, uh, richness or complexity of its depth. I think it Mm -hmm. has a depth to it, but it's one that's serviced perfectly well by a flute. Um, Totally. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, like any grower champagne that I want to get to know, I would rather have, I would, I would, I would love to drink out of a real white wine glass. That's the, like. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I keep referring to the Oregon uh, Pinot glass. That's the kind of like fish bowl. Like it's got a big, wide, spherical sort of shape and then like a lip curve to it. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's actually now called the just like all purpose or everything glass from Riedel because it's. Oh, really? It's something like that. It because it's been discovered that it's basically the most like all-purpose glass you can yeah, yeah. use. Like it's kind of the best. Like you're only gonna buy one wine glass, just get this one kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Because um, we, I know we've been both been saying like for a while, like that Oregon Pinot, Riedel Oregon Pinot glass is like the best all-purpose 
wine glass. Yeah, no. If you if you if you've only got the budget for one, I think it's a good choice. Um, I think I do think that the Riedel white wine glass is kind of I prefer some wines out of that, and I'll drink basically mm-hmm. anything out of one of those. But yeah, yeah. Um, with bigger reds, the Oregon Pinot glass is really quite lovely. Um, Bordeaux glasses are yeah, but it, you get into like weird. I don't know. You get you get into weird specificity with a lot of that stuff. All right, and then there's some very very expensive options of like hand blown, uh, hand blown glass and glasses made of crystal and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a more we're t- we've been mostly talking about ones with a generally curved shape to them um, mm-hmm. because the Riedel white wine glass is more or less just a small Bordeaux glass shape, like a just an overall oval kind of like um, structure. Um, then there's also sort of, uh, and this kind of is where the, like, filling it to the wide part. And there's also a classic, like, tulip shape where it's, like, got a wider base, but then it, like, tapers up, but it's pretty curved. And then there's mm-hmm. almost a triangular design where it yeah. angles out and then angles up um, back inward. And those are where, like, filling it to the, those are kind of designed so that you fill it to the width. Uh, and that's you know, meant to give you the maximal expression of the aromatics of the wine. Um, the very, uh, the very uh, fancy um, version of that, uh, the brand is called Zalto, and I think those retail for $120 a piece now, Jesus, I want to say. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, um, so, you know, there's all kinds of... Like, and if I think you, I like, gotta... whisper too loudly into one of those, the thing completely shatters. I have seen, there are... There are other brands that make similar glasses to that, and I think I've told you I've told you anecdotes about that. But there are glasses I've seen where, like, you pour a full glass of wine into it, and if someone swirls the wine too, like, <laughs> yeah, too vigorously, I've seen the stem just snap, like, in their hand. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, another thing that uh, I don't know if this is jumping topics too much, but um, hold wine glasses by the stem. Uh, as oh, a general yeah. rule, um, I don't know if anyone listening to this would need to hear that, or if it's like a a thing. The exception, of course, being if you want to warm the wine up, you can cup the bowl of the glass in your hand. But holding a wine glass by the bowl, on the one hand, makes it you know it takes a little more effort to clean the glass because you'll smudge it. It'll probably be fine in a commercial dishwasher or whatever, but that's, like, why people wind up having to polish glasses, and you always see barbacks doing that. But the other thing is it, it, it does heat the wine up. So unless you want to heat the wine up, yeah. holding that's, that is essentially the purpose of the stem of a glass is so that you don't transfer as much body heat into the wine as you would otherwise. It's not just a, it's not a purely aesthetic thing. Um, yeah, no, that's a good... Uh... It's a good thing to mention. Yeah. Also, if you really want to be a piece of shit, which is I unknowingly do this a lot of times, just holding it by the base mm-hmm. is like uh, see people doing like, why the fuck is somebody doing that? And uh, I don't really know. I think it's just a habit thing. And I think like sometimes I'm scared that uh, I might like, I don't know. It's more comfortable yeah. in my hand than holding it the other way. But it's not yeah. like uh, there's nothing special about that. It's just like a dumb thing yeah. that I... I, I found do myself doing do. that as well occasionally. Uh, yeah. Also, um, uh, now, yeah, this is just getting into. If you've got like a a bunch of chapstick on, <laughs> you're at a. You're doing you're a, number one. You're off to a great start with your yeah. Day. 
Yeah. If you uh, eat the chapstick, you're doing mm, even better. That's that's real, uh, really hitting the nos there. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I just I kind of wish people would like if you've got something um, applied to your lips, maybe just give the the rim of the glass a, ki- a quick wipe down. I, I know it's literally like the you know dishwasher's job or whatever, but it's it's. I don't know. It, it like people stain glasses all the time, and it's always kind of a you know when people get in a rush. I don't know. You can give like a quick quick wipe down to that. That's you know mm-hmm. that's very polite in a in a uh, restaurant setting. I, I don't oh, know I see. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it I that's that's a bit like I don't know uh, finicky and I don't know maybe just personal. Um, but like be amazed how like thorough a lip print you can find on a on a glass at times. Oh yeah, just real like pain has to clean off. Yeah, I don't know. Wipes pretty quick, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Glassware is a whole. It's a. Uh, it, it, it's funny. So I, I think part of why I'm thinking of all this is like I've got I think an Instagram ad between like watching people's stories for mm-hmm. a like glass company, like a company that sells wine glasses, and it was mm-hmm. you know about how this guy was written up in the wall street journal for how his like glass company is like shaking the industry up and stuff that's what you want to do with glass first yeah shake shake as much as possible really just up uh, pull the tablecloth out from under everything and mm-hmm. hope that it's all still standing um but the uh i go back and forth and i know that i've i've talked to many people that i respect and i do believe this because of the difference I've seen, but it's a, it tends to be a pretty drastic difference, or not drastic difference. It tends to be a pretty like s- specific and like high level of perception difference between drastically different glasses. But I feel like if you're in the right oh, ballpark of like a pretty decent wine glass, you'll be fine. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think the example that I always think of in terms of like the wrong vessel to serve wine in that is touted as a wine glass is the scene in The Godfather when Michael Corleone <laughs> shoots the police officer and the, the Turkish guy, um, and they've all been served wine in these tiny little, like, round glasses that have been filled to the brim. Um, mm-hmm. Don't do that. Like, that's not ideal. But, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, but really just because, again, you want to be able to, like, I guess the function of it is obviously to hold the wine, but then the other one is f- to for you to be able to, like, extract as much out of the wine as uh appreciate the wine the best that you you can yeah so something to be said for like oh this shape lets you like lets you better examine the wine's color you know mm-hmm. and that's not something that may be like inherently obvious to some people but i like the organ pinot glass for for that reason because it because it like tapers out then tapers in tapers back out again yeah it holds the wine really really nicely yeah yeah the, that and then um the yeah the 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 uh Oh, width and just volume of the glass, allowing for the aromatics to uh, volatilize off, but then still be contained within sort of a, a shape, like so that they don't just immediately blow away. That's also, you know, generally, I, it doesn't, I, it gets pretty extreme. Like you, you, as we were talking about, you own some glasses where that concept is taken a bit far, but uh <laughs> But yeah, generally the idea of like having space within the glass that you can smell it and then um and then it won't all just waft out uh of its own accord. Um going back and I got you know, to provide a more of like the purpose to um 
what I was saying about lipstick or lip uh, mm-hmm. chapstick or whatever. Uh, the other thing in terms of your own wine glasses, uh, generally, um, it's also worthwhile to like the the reason glasses themselves are nice is because their glass is very neutral and you can get it very like aromatically inert. Um, and it won't have like, you know, different like stainless steel has a slightly different smell than aluminum. Um, plastic has its own like effect on odors. Uh, we can get into all of what we were talking about earlier today in terms of how doomed we all are <laughs> when it comes to plastic if you want. But um, one of the great things about glass is it's it's basically inert in terms of its uh, aromatic um, oh, uh, interposition to what the wine is doing. So when washing wine glasses, um, the main thing is rinsing them really thoroughly, but if, you know, ideally washing them with a fragrance-free soap um, yeah. and not leaving, you know, because uh, that's a, also a thing like in tasting rooms and stuff is um, if they've got like a heavily ha- scented hand soap in the in the restroom or something like that will, that will impact the uh, tasting experience um, in a way that is pretty subtle and someone just coming through and tasting just the one time might not notice it but it um you know it's worth paying attention to if you work somewhere like that or you know something along those lines but then just in terms of like owning your own glassware like washing your own glasses like you know using uh something that is fragrance free or that you just can rinse off really really thoroughly is um it's you know it it seems so uh like pedantic is probably the wrong word or persnickety mm-hmm. might be the right word i don't know but <laughs> yeah, like yeah, those yeah. things do they they do make a difference and so you know it's it's not necessarily the kind of thing that bear is saying um i'm sure all of our listeners are good at actually washing um their yeah dishes, no i mean i think but <laughs> it is no it is it yeah. is like an important um thing to kind of mention though i mean at the very least and like what I'll do is, um, when or before I like, I don't always, do, I mean, before I use it, I think it's just from like working in kitchens also, where like anytime you go to like, you know, get like a, use a quart container or something, you always like stick your face in it and smell it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, you know, like you're saying with, with plastics, sometimes they can hold smells. And it's like, the last thing you want to do is put like pastry cream in like a quart container that used to, you know, have like uh, roasted garlic in it or something. Because that will still smell like roasted garlic, and it will make your pastry cream smell like that. So anyway, so I'm just in the habit of smelling stuff before I use it all. And so I always smell wine glasses. And um, I think, like, I mean, I don't always do it, and you can do it to be safe. But, like, just sort of rinse, like, pour some wine. Like, basically rinse the inside of your glass out before you use it with wine. Um, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's uh... And that's also, I think, an, an interesting thing uh to mention for let's say you're going from like switching from like a like a white to a red or in between glasses of like if you're tasting a bunch of stuff and you're like or a red to white which is tends to be bigger like yeah a red to a white's a pain but um if you're going from whites to reds i'd definitely still do a little like rinse between each and if like let's say you have like a govert's demeanor or something and then you're going into tasting like I don't know, a Sav Blanc or uh, not even that, maybe something mm. else. Uh, you oh, know, and Char- if you're tasting kind of Sav Blanc else. and then anything after that. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a very small, like dump everything you can out of that. Give a very small rinse using wine rather than water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, dump that out or drink that and then and then pour it. Otherwise, like, 
I had that where, you know, let's say someone like you have red wine in your glass and someone's like, oh, I would give you pour this white. And they just pour the white in and then you have rosé. And you're like, well, this isn't even the fucking wine. Yeah. Like this is like, (laughs) I feel like I'm not even getting a fair representation of this fucking wine now. But, you know, people are dying of hunger and as refugees. So (laughs) this really is not the most important fucking thing to be worried about in life. And we're uh, we're announcing right now <laughs> that we are sending, um, we are sending wine glasses to. Um, <laughs> trying to think of like, ah, God, yeah, I'm we're sending we're, wine. We're, we're sending yeah ten ten percent of our Patreon dollars to um, victims of uh, you know to, to to starving refugees who can't seem to find a proper. Uh, wine uh, glass yeah they, they've got all the wrong riedels and we want to make yes. sure that they're yeah. yeah 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 if you only have the viognier sauve blanc and pinot noir but you don't have the right bank bordeaux glass mm-hmm. then we got you we're we're partnering with unicef and uh ben stiller is actually uh in talks to be our spokesperson we're really yeah. looking forward to this collaboration <laughs> um the uh yeah that that is also part of why i like the concept of if you're gonna you know if you're just gonna own one glass uh the oregon pinot glass slash whatever everything glass maybe is what it's called isn't isn't Mm -hmm. horrible uh if you want to get nice wine glasses that are specifically like you you want to go spend a little bit of money on good glasses that are your wine glasses um to get you know thorough expression from the wine that's probably you know cost for efficacy the best choice if you've got the money for Mm -hmm. two wine glasses a set of those and a set of the Riedel white wine glasses not because not even just because of the like big difference in expression you get from the two of them though that you know there there is a factor there but so that you have white wine glasses and red wine glasses because if you you know if you can avoid what we were just talking about with you know having to rinse between and you have a glass dedicated to white wine and a glass dedicated to red wine and you can really tell the difference because they look very different uh that you know that's also helpful. Um, yeah. But with that said, like, the, literally the only reason I, I drink, you know, the only reason that I would drink, like, the Sauterne or Riesling out of a um, uh, out of a, a white wine glass instead of, and so, like, the Riedel white wine instead of, like, the Oregon Pinot is just because, like, those sweet wines are viscous and the glasses mm-hmm. are so big that, like, yeah. it's just most of it just ends up on the glass. Because yeah. realistically, like, one of my, fav- my favorite glasses for those wines are the ones that... um. Steve has. We use those, right? They're like the, basically the mini versions of the uh, Oregon Pinot glasses. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah those just, take an Oregon Pinot glass and you just take the the right corner of the picture and you just shrink it all the way down. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that same glass, and those are great. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out there that like I, I you know, if you can have white wine glasses and red wine glasses, I think you're kind of good there. Um, yeah, yeah. The the next step, I would say, if you really, like, because aesthetically, having a bunch of glassware in a cabinet looks pretty good. So if you're, like, into yeah, yeah. that, getting then a dessert glass, a dessert wine glass is kind of the next thing I would do, like, because dessert wine's usually served in, yeah, a, like a miniature version of a bigger glass. Past that, you start to move into, again, the, like, hyper-specific realm that gets a bit silly. <laughs> yeah. Because there are specific port glasses, there are specific sherry glasses, there are specific sauterne glasses, there are specific, and then going back to what we've been talking about, Riesling, Chardonnay, uh, Viognier, Pinot Noir, um, Syrah, Cab, 
Bordeaux, like all of those region slash wines, because these, um, and there is a, I don't know the exact history of it, but there is kind of a fun to look at in terms of the history of colonialism and the ridiculous shit people came up with. Like there mm-hmm. are things like port glasses and cherry glasses and uh, sauterne glasses that have like a history of stylistically being developed and then uh, used in, you know, manor houses in England and shit like that. Um, but then there's the marketing side of, you know, Riedel being like, well, fuck, well, let's, does anyone want to come up with a Viennet glass and some <laughs> just lunatic being like, yeah, I've been wanting to do that for years. Um, you know, it's like the, uh, it's like if you've ever been into, uh, sports shoes, like more than likely, I feel like this is a pretty common occurrence. If you at any point found a shoe that really worked for you, you had to <laughs> seriously consider buying a hilarious number of pairs of that shoe because within a year or two, it was not going to be in production anymore. And um, I don't think that's quite as true with wine glasses, but the same logic applies where it's like, well, what do we come up with that's new to convince people to buy a different type of glass? And it's like, mm-hmm. luckily for glass manufacturers, um, uh, breakage is literally, literally built into that model because uh, n- no wine glass is going to last forever. And if it does, um, you're not drinking enough. That's probably an irresponsible <laughs> yeah. thing to say. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. no, no. I see. So I think, I mean, there are other brands, other, there are brands other than like Riedel, obviously. I mean, oh, I think yeah, that's yeah, like, for sure. it's, it's the, there's a zillion brands and there's like a, like a bunch of, um, there's a bunch of like more like, like higher end brands, like what, what, the, like Zalto, what's the ones that are the G? Grossel. Grossel, yeah. There's like those and those are the definitely more like the fragile, like much more expensive kind of like, like uh, very like posh sort of uh wine glasses and but riedels i feel like are, are more expensive i mean sorry more uh they're less expensive they're more affordable they're more durable um they're more they're just kind of like practical and um mm-hmm. and yeah you can you can find them a lot of places they're easy to get oh and, yeah uh, yeah there's probably a lot of other like i i don't really think about stemware like often mm-hmm. i don't you know i have like the organ pinot glasses and then i think uh i think a couple of them the, the riedel like white wine glasses have broken i think i only have like two left but like, yeah, I just use that. That's just so. What do you use? But yeah. I also don't really have them like a nice cabinet or something. So yeah, I think Riedel, funnily enough, is maybe the example I would use of you know, um, in the same way that Rolex is like the <laughs> standard luxury watch brand. Like if you want to make a reference to luxury watch brand, you'd be like, oh, it's a Rolex or whatever. Um, right, right. And then somebody would be like, oh, well, real heads know that Cartier are much nicer, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Um, even more than that, Riedel is not just the like luxury standard, but just the standard for stemware. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, they're not the cheapest. Uh, you can find good cheap versions of lots of things. But in terms of reliable, relatively fairly priced, and um yeah and good uh riedel is i i have a lot of respect for them i suppose as a company in terms of the product they make i don't know anything about their politics or history but um you know being a european company that i think has existed for quite a while i i'm sure there's something (laughs) horrible there yeah Um, somewhere along the line (laughs) uh, but um 
But no, yeah, Riedels are, uh, they are quite, quite pervasively the standard for, um, mm-hmm. for stemware. And, uh, I think with good reason, um, I can't, you know, um, yeah, if, yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to the, the top two glasses that I would recommend if somebody was like, I'm getting into wine and I'd like to have a nice set of glassware for red wine mm-hmm. and white wine. I like the two glasses I would turn them towards would be Riedel's, uh, white wine glass and their Oregon Pinot glass or whatever it's called currently. But, um, yeah. Also fun fact about the Oregon Pinot glass, you can fit an entire bottle of wine into it. <laughs> Great party trick. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny but that's the thing that's another thing um one of my uh one of my sisters it was like pretty shortly after i had gotten the, the glasses and like she didn't like know i hadn't showed them like the the trick yet or whatever and so she looked whatever like pours herself a glass of wine and i'm like going around and like pouring at people i'm like and she like pours what she thinks is like a like oh this is like b- based on the size of this glass this looks like this this would be like a you know this is like a, a reasonable glass of wine and I'm like looking, I'm like pouring it for the people, and I just run out of wine. And I'm like, "Hey, let me let me show you something." <laughs> yeah. And you just pour that into like a regular wine glass, and it's like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of wine!" You're like, "Yeah, these are very big glasses." And, oh, is, uh, are those? Sorry, I just, were you talking about with Oregon Pinot glasses or with? Uh... Yeah, it was like right after yeah, yeah, I'd gotten yeah, yeah. the Oregon Pinot glass. Oh, yeah, she yeah. poured herself a glass, and it was like ended up being like you know a third of the bottle or something like yeah. that oh that's and, so yeah uh, that's what i meant about like those the like pouring to the widest part idea yeah, yeah does yeah. not apply don't do that with those glasses it's like yeah. halfway up the glass <laughs> yeah no it's 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 crazy doing that episode with abe was really helpful because like there were a lot of things that i didn't even like things that i just assumed were given like he was saying like how do i how can i sort of like go into a wine store and how when I go into one store, how can I pretty much like have a reasonable? How can I go in there reasonably confident that I will be able to leave with a good bottle of wine? Like that's a fantastic question. And then in answering, I didn't realize that I was just like assuming that you were like already in a good wine store, pretty much. Yeah. So those sort of assumptions, and it's like, all right, so yeah, how much do, how much is a reasonable amount to pour into a glass of wine, or what is sort of standard? And I think that depends. Um, on the wine it depends what kind of setting like if it's at a tasting versus like you're eating dinner with people um the age of the wine all that kind of shit i think um makes a difference at least to me you know um and i think especially if everyone's trying a bunch of different things and i see somebody like pour themselves a glass of you know wine that's like something old and special and they pour like a big glass and i'm like dude i want to i want to kill myself (laughs) not because you're being like tremendously selfish with this wine but because like I, I, we got to try like six different things right now. And then you, that means you either have to like, there's no other glasses. So you're going to need to like pour that into another glass to be able to then go back to it later. Or you have to like chug this special thing, or you have to dump the thing without even tasting. Like there's, there's no good thing. So I, I, you know, people can say I'm a control freak, but I like to like be careful about how much, you know, I'm pouring into people's glasses and stuff, but it depends on the setting, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, what are your what are your thoughts or, or opinions on that? Oh, I I don't know the the etiquette around that stuff is um, like if you're in mixed company, like if you're in a group of people who are like serious about wine and you've brought stuff that you really want to drink with them, it's generally good to like have a plan about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh. There's also like, yeah, my parents love us telling a story about the, the woman that they were uh, was like renting a room 
in the house they were living in when I was born. Um, this is a, you know, semi-related, but I feel like it, it makes a similar point. She mm-hmm. broke so many glasses that eventually they got her essentially a plastic wine glass. I don't think it was actually made of plastic, but it was this like, you know, <laughs> not glass material. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Cause she broke, you know, like a box worth of wine glasses. Um, yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, you you know, you stop trying to um, retrain someone about stuff like that, and you just adapt. You find other solutions. You go bare yeah. grills on the situation, um, and you know it. You don't have to be like rude about it, but if you have somebody that you know uh, has a penchant for doing that, maybe you just have a, like a sturdier wine glass or a wine glass you don't care about <laughs> as much in a corner yeah, of the. Yeah cabinet that you pull out for them but then yeah with uh yeah. with the how much people pour, like if you're if you're bringing you know an old bottle of wine that you um like one of the simplest ways to do it and it I, the problem is that this always looks kind of shitty like it's i don't love this move but if you really like the thing you can do there is you know open it double decant it if you need to do that or whatever uh needs to happen for the sake of the wine and then have a couple people that you're really focused on making sure try it and just hold on to the bottle until you've poured it for them. Like make a point of having the bottle so you can be like, oh no, I really want to make sure that this person tries it. And then it's in your hand. And if someone's like, oh, could I try it? You pour it for them. (laughs) And there's not really a great, because as soon as, you know, my mindset about that kind of thing is as soon as you set the bottle down on like the collective, like this is where the bottles live table. Mm -hmm. It is a fucking free for all. And, uh, you know, you just have to you just have to trust people to be at their own discretion and you know you always totally, want yeah. there to be some non-wine industry people at like a party of wine industry people sure. because good god the kind of conversations that'll go off track and like just the occasional reminder <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah you've gone full jargon you've all become yeah, yeah. you have all become grateful dead fans in the year 1974 and uh yeah None of you have taken a shower for seven months, and you've all been living out of the back of the same VW van. Like, talk about something else, for God's sake. Um, totally, yeah. No, but, I think it's like, you know. No, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. But that same person might inadvertently pour, um, you know, a third of a bottle of, it's a, you know, a third of a bottle of uh, 50-year-old DRC uh, into their glass. and you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Though I think like it's when it's with um <laughs> that didn't happen that night, but I, another another story did just occur to me. <laughs> Which one? Uh it was I don't, it was uh you know so, sometimes you'll have a like a bottle that you know early on in the evening you're not that interested in it, but then so you kind of ignore it, but then you realize <laughs> that it's all gone by the end of the night. Oh man, yeah, yep. I don't want to get oh, too specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that was a sort of a different kind of scenario. Which yeah, I was that like, was what the fuck. That was a different dynamic. But, yeah, thank God it like wasn't great. You know what I mean? No, yeah, it, it made it back to like um, informative. Like it's one of the oldest wines I've ever tried. Yeah, um, yeah, but but you know, still never got away from tasting at least a bit like cardboard, clean cardboard, not cork tainted, but still, you know. Yeah, yeah, had that. <laughs> yeah yeah je ne sois um, paperboard yeah yeah no it's easier like if you're if it's just like whatever with family and stuff and you can be like no, no, no like i'm i'm don't i'm don't fucking t- I'm, I'm fucking pouring this you know like you can say that and then people are like whatever you know and like 
they can call you an asshole, but it's like, at the end of the day, I'm sharing this thing with you guys, so you kind of get to say whatever. And if you're with, like, I wouldn't really do that to, like, friends. I feel like all of my friends are pretty, like, uh, um, like, courteous, and they wouldn't really just, like, help themselves to my shit, you know? But at the same time, when I'm, like, dining with people, I want everybody to know, like, whatever's on this table, like, belongs to everybody. It's not like this is, yeah. like, my thing. Like, as soon as I open it up, it's for everybody. Yeah. Um... And don't be shy about, like, helping yourself to stuff. So if I am doing, like, a dinner and I have, like, a bunch of bottles of wine open, if there's something that's, like, really special that I want to, like, I still want to share with everybody, but I want everybody to, like, have in small amounts, I might keep that, like, to the side or I'll have that, like, next to me or something. Um, and if someone wants some, I'll be like, oh, no, no, I'll pour for you or whatever. Like, I'm happy to give anybody however much they want of it. I just want them to, like, I want to make sure everybody's getting to revisit it over the course of the evening sort of thing. Um, and... And yeah, no, I think like, and then I'll always also have bottles on the table that are things that like, whatever, if you do pour a third of it into your glass, like, whatever, that's fine. You know, I don't care about that. Like, sure, I'm sure it's also a very special wine, but like, either I have another of it or that's like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. No, that's um, always, always, a yeah. If you've, if you're going to an event with something really special, it's always a good idea to have something solid that you can replace at a moment's notice to like run interference for it yeah yeah yeah. which not to say like not because of other people but just because it's like good to like both in terms of contrasting it's often like good to take something that is in the same ballpark or maybe like a similar wine but way younger or or a similar wine but way cheaper or whatever good Mm -hmm. like for contextualization but then also yeah just so that you can like have wine that's fun to drink later in the evening when you're kind of sloshed if that's where that got to uh, and you mm-hmm. can be like, oh, yeah, you, and you don't feel guilty about, like... Because if you've got a really interesting bottle of wine, if you can, save it for the next day to see what it's like if you opened it that day, because that's always totally. worthwhile. But, you know, if you have something else that you kill that night, you're like, oh, yeah, that's no worries. I, I've i got another one for tonight, or whatever. Or it was, like, 30 mm-hmm. bucks at, you know, the local grocery store, and they always have it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's also, uh, you know, related to all of this, and it's just occurring to me, having a good wine opener... Like I, I realize that like, oh, yeah. like that this is another thing, and and don't be afraid to like practice opening bottles of wine. I suppose like you know mm-hmm. giving yourself the space to do that, because um, like it's a good wine key. Oh, this is a fun little fact that I don't know if we've ever brought up on the show before. Um, the sort of uh classic like little like has the thing that flips forward and then has the two hinges in it that hit the uh, edge of the the uh, top of the bottle of wine and then the screw that you put down into the cork the classic one of those it's called a wine key yeah it's you know people normally pronounce it wine key but the guy it's Mm -hmm. called that because the guy who invented it his last name was wine key yeah yeah. it's like Um, w-e-i-n-k-e or something like that yeah so that's yeah uh, and it is a, a wine key which is fun but like it's a fun little fact for, you know, just a cool little party trick, I suppose. I don't it know. is very funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, those are the... Um, they're like the industry standard. Yeah, what is it? I forget the name of that, uh, that the brand that's like the, kind of like the highest quality one that does that. I mean, there's a bunch of other Oh, uh, Le Guil. Well, they, yeah, so they... They, they make, make one, a couple but, of them. Yeah. That are, that are very good, but I think the best ones are... So I think like one like one of the what separates it from just like putting like a whatever like an old fashioned corkscrew and trying to yank the bottle out is the little arm like the lever arm there. Yeah. And the 
the the good ones have two little like notches mm-hmm. so um you know you get a little bit out and then use the other one to get it, the cork all the way out that way you don't have to do any sort of like yanking on the cork itself which is really the main reason why i hate those fucking things that you like the one that like every everybody has in their house and every airbnb has where you screw the thing down and the arms raise up as you screw oh, it down. the angel opener yeah. yeah yeah and you put that thing down and inevitably when you when you push the arms down like there's still like in like basically like an inch of cork left in the bottle that you have to like yank out and a lot i've had that where corks just rip in half yeah and uh was well, like the terrible. rabbit is in is a different design of essentially that thing that's i've, I don't <laughs> yeah, know if I've ever yeah, yeah. used one successfully um yeah yeah and then but yeah if you get into old wine um yeah the the key tool that is not cheap but uh you have exposed me to the efficacy of the thing uh it's called a durand yes and the other option besides a durand that is very effective and i does take practice is called an osso um Mm -hmm. and that's a very that's a very classy way to open a bottle of wine because there's no hole in the cork when you're done, uh, which yeah. is very cool. Um, yeah, and I'm like, that name sounds like it could be tremendously racist, or it could just be somebody's last name. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I, uh, so it's really, yeah, really, it's, it's, the, it's the fun safe. Yeah. To, it's really the fun zone to be. Yeah, in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> nice. But yeah, those are like. Those are good. Like, I was using that for a while, and I was like, I'm not going to use a Durand because, like, fuck that. It's expensive, and I don't want to do that shit. Until I had, like, basically the also that I was using, the arms weren't quite long enough, and there's a there's a, a chance sometimes that when you do try to get the cork out, it just pushes the cork right in. Yeah. Um. So then uh, the Durand's, like, the solution to that, um, where, it, um, you know, it just it just works tremendously well. So I have, like, a regular wine key. Um, I also have one of the, what is it? Long, Longuil or Long, Longual or uh, what is it? Longuil. Longuil. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have, oh yeah. So the, like I was saying, the, um, the arm on the wine keys where it has the two notches that helps to get it out safely. Yeah. The Longuil, those have just, they don't have the two notches, but I think the arm is like curved so yeah. that you don't, you don't need to. Well, the, and the thing about those ones, they kind of have that second notch. The thing they don't have is a hinge to get the other right, part of the right, arm right. out of the way, which um, is like if you've got if you've got the right technique with a wine key, most of the time it'll work. When it yes, yeah, and when it won't, it usually if you're using it correctly, it just wasn't going to no matter what. Um, and there's all kinds of subtlety. Like really great old ones have like a a. Uh, channel kind of running down the curve of the corkscrew that helps it like grip into the cork um the diameter of the screw versus the length of the screw uh those things there there are better ones out there than others um and that Mm -hmm. that particularly applies to the little serrated knife that'll tuck behind the the head (laughs) yeah yeah those things can be absolute garbage um yeah or razor sharp oh yeah um uh oh another fun little fact um sometimes you'll see people uh the crown top part of a bottle where there's like a lip and then the top of the bottle itself um people Mm -hmm. will it's just easier usually to take the the knife on a wine key and cut upwards underneath that to um 
remove the top of the foil to get to the cork. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a waxed bottle, you just stab right through the wax. That's generally the right way to approach that. If you want to chip the wax off, that also works. But you usually can just go right through it um, if the cork is in decent shape. Um, it's a thing that I've run into enough times that, I don't know, feels helpful to say out into the mm-hmm. into the internet. <laughs> but um, the reason people go under the lip, because there are also... Uh, foil cutting tools that'll go over the lip and you'll yeah. just it'll just cut the top of the foil off it doesn't really matter anymore but the reason classically you would want to get under the lip is back in the day and if you're working with an old enough bottle of wine this is good to keep in mind i don't think this has been true for i don't know 70 years but for a while yeah yeah but uh those capsules used to be made with lead so um <laughs> So if you ever wonder why old capsules look really good and thick and just fit perfectly to the bottle, that'd be why. Um, (laughs) They worked real well. Real good. Yeah. It's like Roman plumbing. (laughs) Yeah. This wine made me go crazy. (laughs) It was crazy good. Yeah. But so you'd cut under that lip so that the wine wouldn't dribble down onto the foil as you poured it. Um, There was a window of time where that was an important thing to be mindful of because you didn't want to pour lead into the wine, but not really an issue anymore. Hopefully, yeah, not really. Now For you just have to worry about the microplastics like... that uh, leached yeah. into the wine from the screw cap on it, or from the Diom corks. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will happily take a corked bottle of wine over uh, drinking plastic, but unfortunately, I'm sure plastic is already in the wine. Yeah, so, not really uh, a choice you have anymore, there, buddy. You don't really get a choice, yes. So I guess I'll take the no, the no TCA. Yeah. But hey, no, we're all dude. getting cancer no matter what. So at least you can drink wine that's not fucked up, right? Uh, you'd think, yeah. <laughs> you, you'd really hope so. You'd think you might be wrong, you'd but you'd really, think you'd really damn hope so. Yeah, I love putting my natty fucked up wine. It's full of Brett, Pediococcus, and VA under a Dion. Mm-hmm. That's just... It's the best. Chef's kiss. It's just... <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Fucking... Oh, yeah. And I guess we didn't mention the... Uh... Oh, I guess that would be the same thing. Um, I was going to make a joke about saying that the appropriate glass for uh, for natural wine we haven't mentioned is just the drain, yeah. uh, which is also the Viognier glass. Yeah. No, don't, don't even pour for... it in a toilet because then you might get yeah. some sort of STI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, just don't even open it. Just, yeah, just, <laughs> just I don't know. Yeah, the, correct, the correct glass, the correct glass for uh, for natural wine is the biohazard container in your doctor's office when you go nice, in for your yeah, checkup. Yeah, yeah, yep. Just put the bottle in with the used syringes. Yeah, it's perfect. Dude, that shit is disgusting. It's so bad, man. I don't know. When are people gonna stop drinking it soon? Uh, like, when are people gonna realize that it's like, like, what do you think's gonna happen in your crystal ball? There will always be a market for it. Um, it, I think. Um, I the thing that I feel like is what I would hope happens is that interesting projects in terms of where the vineyards are, the history of the region they come from and the um like i think we've talked about this but there's a certain amount of natural wine out there that i feel like comes from very classical regions that have been growing wine for a long time but are very little known of Mm -hmm. 
and the wines being messed up has a varying amount to do with the knowledge of the proprietors, the availability of certain tools in their region, and the um, and the sort of not seller palette but regional palette that have de- developed over time where you know it's like kind of like what we talked about with Madeira where like Madeira is this like product that manages to be really compelling despite it being essentially made by fucking wine up um at least in a classical <laughs> sense yeah um it just happens to be made out of grapes that like pair well with sailing around with the wine in a barrel for a long time or exposing mm-hmm. it to extreme temperature fluctuations um in that sense there are wines out there that are basically being folded into the whole natural wine portfolio writ large that I think are culturally valuable and I hope that the producers and those regions succeed so that those wines can continue to be made and people can gradually um, explore uh, making them in ways that prevent straightforward issues like volatile acidity or... um, you know, pediococcus maybe that are degrading mm-hmm. the qualities of the wine that are actually being, you know, um, tried all over the world. On the flip side, very flashily marketed, um, hip uh, wines made in regions where every opportunity to make wine well is available. Um, and it is simply the choice to not pay the money or learn the techniques to do that. I have no sympathy for that. And if mm-hmm. people catch on to what's going on there and stop paying for it, I won't be sad. But I think mm-hmm. I think there's a certain um, approachability to Petnat as a product, uh, both price point-wise and flavor-wise, that um, means it'll always kind of serve as a healthy like entry point for people um, and kind of like, uh, lower i feel like it's very similar to like asking um will white claw stick around and se- hard seltzers okay. like i don't uh-huh. think i don't think they're going anywhere i hope that um i hope that they um <laughs> i hope that they become more kind of culturally positioned towards what i hope i hope that people start to understand them those products as consumers with the same level of cynicism that those products are made with, if that, you know. Right, yeah. And that's kind yeah, of my yeah, hope across all kinds of genres of yeah. 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 product. Yeah. But, um, yeah, ideally, the cynicism of people consuming it versus people creating it will kind of hit an equilibrium point. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to fade away entirely, but I do think... Like, we've already kind of hit a peak of the whole rosé craze, and that's kind of fading. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I think that's definitely, it's over. Yeah. I think people are still going to be drinking rosé every summer, and it's now like a viable option. And people who've started producing rosé and seen sales of it, there's going to be an equilibrium point where they're not going to stop making rosé, but they're maybe not going to need to make quite as much. But that's right. not a hard problem to solve if you're producing it. Um, yeah. I think, Unless, you know, you're a certain... Uh... You're a certain producer of rosé in the new world who happens to make a very singular expression of it, not because of, you know, the wine itself is necessarily anyway, but you've chosen an extremely asinine, labor-intensive, and efficient <laughs> means of producing. Is that fair, you think? Uh, 
yeah. No, In which case, full steam ahead. Go for it, baby. Double. Rock, rock on. And please find somebody to uh, make grappa out of the rest of that because, God, that's a lot of waste. Um, yeah. it would be some good-ass grappa. Um, <sighs> uh, yeah, I think, I think that a... Um, I think that that sort of moment is coming for the natural wine thing. I think, you know, I think the wave is kind of cresting. Um, so, you know, it's, it is what it is. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's much more expansion left in that market, but I, I do think that some fair percentage of brands are going to be able to hang on um, in perpetuity. Nice. Well, on that optimistic note, <laughs> oh yeah, did you... um. Oh yeah, did you um have you started reading that uh the Bandol? I have not gone uh, around and starting to read that. Oh nice, okay. I think there's like maybe thirty more days that that's available. Word. I will so yeah. I could check for you. But anyway, thank you folks for listening to another episode of Quick Hit. Oh damn I it, dude. I'm tired. Yeah, you got me yawning. Shit. Nice. I hope you're not driving while you're listening to this and that makes you yawn. Because mm. uh, I've so, been driving um, while recording it, so Oh, nice. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I'll take it to the bank. Oh, I was talking to the deposit. listener, but, you know. Fell you too. Deposit slip and put it in the bank. Just All take, right, then, take uh, that to the bank and deposit it. Yep. There you go. That's a good, that's a good, that's a, that's a real fucking, it's a, not really a diss, but that's a great comeback. Yeah. You know, that'll fucking, that'll fucking show them. Take that to like, the market and crash it. And take that to the bathroom and. Um, wipe your ass with read it. it and wipe your ass <laughs> you say read it to yourself in, in, the, uh, yeah. in, in, in the quiet and then look at yourself in the mirror take take that to the bathroom and, and piss then, your pants and just piss your whole damn pants piss your whole damn pants piss your whole goddamn pants piss your whole one million goddamn dollars Regis I... <laughs> I'll take pissing my <laughs> pants for one million dollars. For one million goddamn dollars. That's not that's one of the choices. <laughs> it's the wrong show, and that's not how this works. We were asking you the capital of Indonesia. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. Uh, at patreon.com slash corktaint. Uh, you can join our Discord. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a fucking wrap, as far as I'm concerned. Yeehaw!